Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. I am your host, John Marchalero, and this week my guest is the glorious Kelly Guma. <laughs> Hi, John. Kelly needs no introduction, although I don't oh, have one handy okay. to read out for you. Let's say you are a TML <laughs> contributor, host of the fabulous Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast, and occasional written contributor. Yeah, and that about covers it. Visit to background note where we talk about our favorite media shows. This yes. week, I want to talk about some shows that I've been watching recently, and that you have. I want to start with something that is perhaps a little bit controversial, and we'll save the fun stuff for uh, a few minutes. Okay, and that is Apple TV Plus Amazing Stories mm-hmm. Episode One: The Seller. I was no, I'm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm under the impression that there's nothing particularly controversial about your take because I know what your take is. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen it? I have not. Well, um, and honestly, I've been a bit reluctant to watch this this reinstated version uh, because I really did enjoy the previous iteration when it was on 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 Sunday nights and was just a thing I could watch when I was younger. It was a show for its time. I don't know what the uh, air date yes. was for the original series. Do you? I don't. I just Might remember I was in school watching it. So Might have been in the early thou- yeah. early 2000s, something like that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, not, the, not the iteration I'm thinking of, anyway. Uh, it was not. Um, let me see. You can listen to us do the math right here and now. Uh, there, it was uh, 1985 to 1987. Oh, okay. Okay. A show like for its initially, time. Initially, initially. Yeah. A show for its time. And it seems to me mm-hmm. like um, time has passed it by. Uh, <laughs> the, the seller was uh, reminiscent of a script that had been sitting in a desk drawer for 25 years. And somebody pulled it out of the drawer and blew the dust off it and said, oh, hey, mm-hmm. here's a script we've paid for and never used. Let's, let's, let's use this. And, um, oh, by the way, we don't have very sophisticated time travel technology. It consists of staring at a barometer in a storm in a basement. <laughs> and that takes you back 100 years. Wow, if we're only that easy. Okay. The seller is about a young journeyman carpenter who's working in a basement of an old house doing a renovation. And a, a storm comes along. I think they call it a de noche. It's a particular kind of seriously bad storm and air pressure goes down. And he's staring at the barometer. And somehow the combination of the storm and the low air pressure and him being in this ancient house basement, miraculously takes him back in time 100 years where he engages this young woman uh, who is uh, woefully in, uh, engaged to be married to a man that she's not in love with. But her family needs the money. Mm-hmm. And uh, he cycles back and forth in time easily by going into this basement. And there's a love affair and it all ends up. I won't give away too much of it, but uh, it's kind of hackneyed. It's kind of immature. Uh, it's not very sophisticated storytelling by modern standards. The technology is embarrassingly bad. Special <laughs> effects. Okay. Um, it's the kind of story that might have been on Twilight Zone in the 60s or Amazing Stories in the 80s. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't stand up to modern standards. And I'm surprised mm-hmm. that Tim Cook let it go on the air. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if first class television and award winning television is what Apple's after, this is a sorry statement. So Yikes. that's my view on it. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. And so. see, that's why I've been a little bit reluctant to watch because um, that's sort of been like the. I think a lot of people were like me and excited it was coming back when we heard that at the Showtime event and that um, Steven Spielberg himself came out on stage and said, you know, amazing stories, that thing I did. And remember, this was the mid 80s. So this was the moment where basically everything Steven Spielberg touched turned to gold and then he went to television and everybody freaked out. I don't know how many people remember that, but whoa, Steven Spielberg is doing something on TV. This is going to be amazing. So. <clears throat> Amazing Stories was fun in its time and so I was excited to hear it was coming back because I remembered the thrill of that original show and uh, a lot of people who have seen it have been everywhere from eh to uh, your assessment which was you know if I'd known what I was in for I'd have skipped it I think yeah, it was painful and, to watch it was like doing homework yeah. I sat down last night and I thought, you know, I'm going to be on the show tomorrow morning, so I better do my homework and watch this show. And I'm sitting there fidgeting and fidgeting and going, oh, my God, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is so bad. Yeah. Uh, I My my yardstick for a show now is um, do I want to pick up my phone and scroll through something while I'm watching it? Uh, yeah, I'm really that's watching. what I was doing. I was checking IMDb yeah. last night while I was watching the seller and checking out the cast of uh, Picard, which I'm <laughs> going to talk about next. <laughs> yeah. So well, on the glorious new better stuff, and that is uh, yes. CBS All Access, Star Trek colon Picard. This yes. is a fabulous series. I can't figure out whether I like Picard more or Mandalorian. You and I have talked a lot about Mandalorian uh, on the show before. We have talked a lot about Mandalorian And we love it. But yes. Star Trek Picard may be even better. This, maybe it's because I'm a Star Trek person instead of a Star Wars person. Although that you pointed be. out that Mandalorian can turn you into a Star Wars fanatic in an instant if you're not. Um, I think it can. I think yeah, it has Yeah, I could introduce <laughs> you to the universe that, that maybe you uh-huh. maybe neglected. Um, but Star Trek Picard is, is something special. I don't know what it is. I mean, I've, I've spoken favorably about Star Trek Discovery. I've seen mm-hmm. all of season one and season two. You're really awaiting season three sometime mm-hmm. this spring or summer. Um, I really like Star Trek Discovery, but there's something about Picard and his lost cause and his ability to engage people to join him in his lost cause and the mm-hmm. warmth of the show uh, Star Trek Discovery can be a little bit sterile, uh, a little bit yeah. overly technical, overly clinical. But um, the warmth and the uh, the atmosphere that uh, Patrick Stewart brings to the show is just something special. And oh, as course. I think we've talked about before, there is this meme that um, we've lost the purity of a Starfleet command. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've, uh, they've taken a, very, a bad turn. Uh, the director of, of Starfleet security, Commodore O, is uh, part Romulan, and she's subscribing to this agenda that the Romulans are involved in, and it's mm-hmm. the source of what Picard is after in terms of, of finding this uh, daughter of Data, Soji, and the sisters. Dosh. Dosh. So the Romulans succeed in assassinating Dash, and now Picard is on a mission to try to find 
Soji Asha and uh, get back connected to uh, Data and and uh, and find his daughter. So uh, mm -hmm. Picard has gathered this kind of makeshift crew under under Mr. Cristobal Rios, who owns a un yes. registered ship, <laughs> mm -hmm. and they're off on this mission. And uh, the the technology of the of the Star Trek universe, the computer graphics are first class, but they're secondary to the storytelling, which is amazing. And it's also mm -hmm. so rich in nomenclature. I recommend if you watch the Star Trek Picard, or if you've been watching it and you're not done yet, that you turn on the subtitles. Not that they're yes. not speaking English, but because there's such rich and unfamiliar nomenclature in the Romulan universe, like the there's, 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 there's Jat Vash and the Tal Shiar. It takes a little yeah. bit of time to get accustomed to these names and yes. so um i uh, recommend subtitles and especially like for me i am very good at remembering i read something somewhere like if i saw it on a printed page that tends to stick in my head longer than if i heard it said yeah. so uh i went back and watched the first episode again with uh the subtitles on just so that i could see those words when they say you know tal shiar and mm -hmm. dash's name and that kind of stuff just so I could like get a good look at it. And then uh, like when I knew what the letters, this sounds really weird um, and I am not a neuroscientist, but somehow like it imprinted better on my brain to see those letters in that order. And then when other people said it, even with whatever accent they were using, it made more sense. And I was able to track a lot more easily. So for me, the, the subtitles totally helped. How do you feel about um, Star Trek Picard? Where does it fit into your top 10 list? Uh, okay, anytime I ever give a top anything list, it comes with the asterisk of um, the mood I'm in and if the sun is shining and which direction <laughs> the wind is blowing and what I just finished watching. So these lists could all change at any moment. But right now, um, the definitely uh, it, it is a close second uh, in shows where I am anxiously awaiting the next episode. What's your number one? Well, right now it's Westworld. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Kelly because, Westworld, Gumant. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, and part of that is because uh, season three, after a breathtaking delay, uh, is finally on TV. And the first episode, as we record this, the first episode of the third season just aired a couple of days ago. And I'm very, very much looking forward to where we go this season. Um, I'm not giving anything away because this is all stuff that was in trailers. But the first two episodes take place within the par the Westworld Park and within the confines of this park and sort of its infrastructure, like the um, behind the scenes and all of that. So there's very little about the world outside that helps illustrate the appeal of this park that that people go and pay exorbitant amounts of money to go spend a day in. So part of the reason it's interest this season is, is more interesting is because uh, we begin out in the world, the world that has come up around uh, this park and the Delos corporation, which is in charge of the park and all of that. So uh, we started out this season with a new primary character, a central character to the show. And he's played by Aaron Paul, which makes me very happy. I like his work a lot. 
and uh, I'm very interested. We really don't know anything about him yet, so I'm very interested to see where he goes and ultimately where the season ends up. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, cool. Well, it's time for a break. Okay. Commercial break here, folks. I'm chatting with the Mac Observer's Kelly Gamat. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Stay with us. Today, our sponsor is Linode. Linode helps you design, develop, and deploy in the cloud. You can build dedicated CPU, distributed applications, hosted services, websites, and CI, CD environments. If it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode. Linode is focused on simplicity, service, and value. Built using the most up-to-date hardware and a next-generation network backbone, Linode allows users to comply with in-country data protection requirements while taking advantage of all of Linode's technology and tools. The goal is to maximize the benefit you receive from your cloud by making it cost-effective to deploy robust compute, storage, and networking services that meet your ever-changing performance needs. Featured are a native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and industry-leading processors. Pick from any of 10 worldwide data centers. And pay for only what you use with hourly billing across all plans and add-on services. 24 by 7 live customer support is always just a phone call away. You'll be able to deploy and maintain your infrastructure simply and cost-effectively. Plus, Linode's tools make it easy to provision, secure, monitor, and back up your cloud. To learn more, visit linode.com slash bgm. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com forward slash bgm. All new customers receive a $20 credit. Thanks, Linode, for being our sponsor. We're back. I'm chatting with the Mac Observer's Kelly Gamont. So um, another show that I've been watching with interest and not necessarily eagerly awaiting for the next episode, but because it's already <laughs> in the bank, but um, is Outlander, which I'm working my way through on Netflix. I've watched the first two seasons. I'm working my way through season three. I've spoken Excellent. favorably of Outlander in the past uh, as I've watched season one and season two. Mm-hmm. Outlander is a difficult show to watch. It's glorious in many ways. The opening music is fantastic. The storytelling, the, the concept mm-hmm. by Ronald D. Moore, uh, the characters are glorious and capable. It's it's appealing. It's science fiction. It's time travel. It's uh, it's a lot of it's in Scotland. There's everything to like about this series except for some moments of just some really uncomfortable brutality in season one and season two it's also very erotic tv show but on the whole uh i decided not to drop watching it because i could able i was able to skip over some of the more brutal scenes season two finishes with the battle of culloden the famous battle in 1746 between the highlanders and the british army Mm-hmm. in which the uh, Scots are uh, massacred. And uh, yes. season three starts with Claire realizing that uh, her lover, Jamie, is still alive and has survived the Battle of Culloden. Oh. And uh, she's thinking that she needs to go back and meet with him. But most of season three it revolves around her life in Boston. Her husband has been hired as a professor in the United States at a college, and she's raising a daughter sired by her Scottish husband. Claire has a problem, uh, or rather her husband, uh, Frank Randall, has a problem in the 20th century. This is in the 50s and 60s. And that is he can never quite get over the fact that Jamie was her first real love and she sired a a daughter by him. 
<clears throat> and every time he thinks she's looking at him, she he thinks maybe he's she's thinking of Jamie, her long lost love mm-hmm. from the past, and so that puts a lot of stress on the marriage, and uh, they have a hard time. So season three is a little less violent and more storytelling. Claire okay. spends a lot of time trying to find Jamie by looking at historical records and finally figures out where he is and mm-hmm. finally discovers that he has become a, a book seller and printer in uh, Scotland and uh, is able to go through the stones and go back in time and join him. And that's about where I am now. Okay. Outlander is an awfully high quality series. It's engaging. It's fun. The characters are interesting. It's well-written. The photography is awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. There may be some scenes where you're uncomfortable with uh, some of the physical violence, which I wish they wouldn't do that. All in all, I give it a thumbs up, and I'm enjoying season three. That's great. How about you? Have you had a chance to check out Outlander? I've forgotten. I have not. Um, I've I've been watching other TV and then sort of uh, the last little while i've been uh doing prep work for westworld returning so Mm. that i could remember where we left off because it was a really long time so um so i was doing some rewatching, and one thing that uh, i am rewatching now um that that i have not already that i have already seen but that i'm rewatching in prep for the new season is the expanse oh yes i kind of dropped out of watching that bring me up to date uh, well, I probably can't tell you anything more interesting uh, because I'm only partway into season two right now. So uh, they are um, they are on the the new ship, the Rastinante. Uh They're they're on it, and uh, they are they've made some sort of deal with uh, Fred Johnson, and this is all old news to everybody, I'm sure. And we're just starting to see some of the Mars contingent. Uh, come on the scene, uh, Bobby Draper. We're getting her, and uh, because and and apparently, when you're from Mars, you have an Australian accent, which I don't quite <laughs> understand, but okay. Um, and so far, like, th- this is some of the stuff that was sort of hazy to me because I watched it like a year ago or two years ago. It was it was a really long time that I picked it up, and then I ended up putting it down in favor of I don't remember what in the meantime so i'm coming back to it because season four has made its debut and i'm very interested in um seeing how all of this continues to evolve so and this is another sort of dark gritty space story did they go on hiatus for a while uh it did because it was on sci-fi and then sci-fi dropped it and fans basically willed it back into existence on amazon prime oh nice nice yeah and I'm I like I have to be in love with the with the show where fans can do something like that. So um, and the other one that I like where uh, it looked like where the odds weren't good for there to be more, uh, and now there's going to be more is Winona Earp, which is also a show that I enjoy very very much. I started watching that, and something about it didn't glue me in, and I didn't stay with it. But I think I should yeah, go back and check that out. You might, um, it seems, it seems like in the before times when, when it wasn't peak TV, when there weren't so many options out there, uh, you could let a show have a season or more than one season, uh, to sort of find its feet, you know, um, 
to go back to Star Trek, a lot of people draw the line in Next Generation at uh, don't bother before Riker gets his beard. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch anything where Riker's face is naked, fail. <laughs> That's not where you want to be. Um, so I've seen like I've seen people kind of draw that line. And I think that was season three before uh, before Riker went beardy. And so like they it took them quite a while to sort of find their legs and and get into a groove that people could really appreciate. And uh, I don't think everything gets quite that much time these days. And sometimes it needs it. And um, part of what I enjoy in the first season of Winona Earp is I know they haven't worked together before and I know we're supposed to believe in all these relationships, but Winona has been gone a long time and comes back. And so her relationship with everybody is sort of awkward and weird and not everybody's pleased to see her and, you know, one thing and another. So uh, I think in this case, it sort of works. And I've enjoyed that show very much. And I also enjoy the fandom of that show very much because there's, there's been a lot of people who have uh, jumped in and helped each other out with different stuff. And, you know, um, even as it built up initially around the comic books, uh, because this was a comic series, a comic book series that made its way to television. Oh, I didn't uh, know. As yeah. So, um, so like that fandom is a super great fandom. So if you're looking for one that isn't people running around screaming about how some film director ruined their childhood forever, uh, you might try something like Winona Earp because it might be more fun. Um, and and I enjoy it. Uh, they're, they are trying to come back. I don't know at this point uh, what stage the next season is in before it got paused. I don't know if they're actually shooting yet. I haven't uh, dug into it too deeply to find out. So um, if they were they're they're not at the moment, I have a feeling. So, uh, but I've enjoyed like the acting on the show and, and all of that. I feel like they do a really good job with what they've with, with what they're working with. And uh, I really enjoy watching that, that program. So yeah, it might be fun. I, I feel like I've got a very wild West theme today. All of a sudden, <laughs> I must report that uh, Robert Conrad from Wild Wild West, uh, great TV show from the 60s, is no longer with yeah. us. Oh, no. Oh, no. He was 84. Yeah. Wild Wild West is a show that lit me up when I was a kid. I, really I watched it in reruns, and yeah. I did enjoy it. Yeah, it was a fun was show. Fun. So I want to finish the show with an honorable, honorable mention with a show I've been watching on okay. Netflix called Night on Earth. Now, we've mm-hmm. all seen lots of nature documentaries, but we've never seen one with low-light camera technology. And so all sorts of activities that go on at nighttime, especially with cheetahs and elephants and other animals that we've never photographed before ever, have been mm-hmm. photographed with extreme low-light cameras. Cameras that can virtually light up a scene in starlight or moonlight and show you what's oh, wow. going on. And it turns out that there's a lot of... Stuff that's going on in the animal kingdom at night that we never knew about, not until we started using <laughs> low light cameras. So, oh, Night I'm on sure. Earth, I think there's seven episodes. They're all in the bank and ready to watch on uh, Netflix. And that sounds awesome. That. It's called Night on Earth. It's amazing. All right. So, anything else you want to bring up this week? Um, I don't. I just, um, like I said, it feels kind of like a Wild West theme uh, for me this time around. So, um, yeah, I'm just mostly uh, I'm I'm also very excited about Westworld coming back. Uh, I will take a moment for a, a second of self-promotion and point out that um, when I say I like Westworld a lot, it's not just a lot. I have a podcast about Westworld oh, tell and us about not it. only 
not only do we do do we talk about Westworld, but we do two episodes for every two two episodes of the podcast for every episode of the show because right after the show is over, uh, Don Melton and myself, he's my co-host, uh, we run to our computers and I set a timer and we talk for twenty minutes about whatever we just saw. And then uh, we post that that minute, like the minute we're done watching the program. And then later in the week, we will do a little bit more in-depth discussion, dissection of of uh, what we did. You know, we can watch it again, take some notes, maybe peek in on what some of the, the fan message boards are talking about, see what kind of theories we can come up with, uh, what theory we had from before that's completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> now that we've seen this episode. Um, we do we do a lot of theorizing, and we are spectacularly wrong on a regular basis. It's actually kind of fun. Uh, so uh, we talk about that over on the Incomparable Network, and it's in the TV feed over at the Incomparable, and our show is called Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. All right. So folks, go look for that. I'm sure it's great. Any show with Kelly is great. And I've had Don Melton on the show, too. He's fantastic. Yes. So uh, that brings the show to a close. Folks, you've been listening to John Marcellaro and Kelly Gumont talk about their favorite TV shows of late. And you've been listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode podcast. We'll see you again next week.